welcome to episode 63 of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Planiverse. Yes, we're back, folks, once again. Myself and Corrine. Hello. Hi, Steve. So <sighs> we've got, I've been told we've got to be serious today. This is a serious topic, so serious no topic. laughing and serious. jokes. Please serious, stop serious. making jokes. It's not, it's not funny. Yes, but it is funny, funny when you make faces. So. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's one of these strange sort of topics that you will, I'm sure, um, possibly some of you might relate to it, some of you might not. It's all about um, setting things up um, in your life, not just your planner per se, but your planner will definitely have a role to play in this. Um, in the sort of case of should you or your nearest and dearest become incapacitated in one way or another and then someone else has to come along and and pick up the pieces as it were of your life and um, either sort of take care of you or and all the rest of it that's the sort of you know the, the sort of overview and we'll hopefully go through in much more detail than that but um, Corrine have I missed anything out well you know, oddly, when I when I spoke at the first uh, official planner con, I started my conversation with, "What if you all disappeared off the face of the earth tomorrow?" And everyone sort of looked at me as like, "Really? This is how we're starting the planner con conversation?" <laughs> the idea being that um, I think uh, it, it may sound morbid to some people, but I don't think it sounds morbid to me at all. The idea of being prepared for anything at any moment, such that. If something, as you said, were to happen to you, does your family or closest people to you, do they have access to the things that allowed your life to continue spinning? And now that the spinning has ceased to spin <laughs> and we're no longer <laughs> spinning, um, how can they access these very detailed parts of your life so that they can be accountable for them and so that if you want to leave anything for anybody or if your wishes were so that other people can take part of some of the hard work that you've accomplished on, on this planet, how can they have part of that or take or take um, take part in being able to be part of that legacy? And I think that was the conversation that we were having at PlanarCon was how to leave a legacy. And mm -hmm. the idea was that if you were wiped off the face of the earth tomorrow, what is the legacy would have left up until today? And so, in other words, if you haven't gotten to doing the things that you've wanted to do, perhaps this is your invitation, consider this to be your invitation, to start getting up and doing the things that you've wanted to do so that you can leave the kind of legacy that you wanted to leave. Maybe you wanted to write a book, maybe you wanted to sing a song, maybe you wanted to, I don't know, climb a mountain. Go on and do the very things that you wanted to do because you don't know. We don't know, right, Steve? We don't know when our last day on Earth is going to be. We're sort of flying along on this merry-go-round going we're hey we're today. here another day yeah. <laughs> we made it <laughs> we're living for today and hopefully for tomorrow as well but you know we've got no control over our destiny in a way and a, a lot of people might be sitting there thinking listening to this and thinking well it doesn't apply to me because i'm only 21 what, what, what's this got to do with me Surely right it's it's more the older generation the oldies are talking again <laughs> the oldies are talking again um, but you can't, there's no sort of way in this world that 
we can predict what might unfortunately happen to you um, on the way to work or the way to school or, or wherever uh, something unfortunate might happen and um, you know you might not be around by the end of tomorrow sort of thing sadly um, so it, it's it's more about being able to sort of document um, your life in a way so that someone else can sort of pick up where you left off if you like or if you need care that, that they can sort of access relevant information it um, it really is a manual manual for your life mm. it really is yeah. and so when you talk about documenting so we're not just talking about you are already making that if you're part of the planerology group and if you're part of the you know, planner verse out there, you're already using your planner to document the various mm. portions of your life that you're actively living in, right? Where your appointments are and where you're going to work and where you're going to have fun and all of those things are being documented. And this conversation is really about expanding that vision so that it includes a larger umbrella of documentation so that you can cover all the areas that mm. are being looked at, not just the narrow day-to-day -day stuff. And I think that's that that is in mm. essence what we're discussing. Yeah. So I really don't want to harp on the morbid stuff because we can harp on it, and it's easy with today's news media and everything going out there. It's really easy to get caught up in the doom and gloom. But this isn't about the doom and gloom. This is about actually living your life powerfully and knowing that you don't have to worry about this stuff. No. That you, you don't the have to have is, other people worry. You know, you you would be making giving the biggest amount of assistance to say your brother or sister or child or whoever um, who came along and was then able to sort of see straight away oh you've got this bank account this is the account number and I need to contact this particular branch or this is the solicitor and even if you've handed uh, you know the confidential details to a, a solicitor in a in the form of a letter that they just keep in their safe um so it doesn't get sort of mixed up with um other stuff and what have you um you know it just eases the, someone else's burden if you like of knowing what sort of bank accounts you've got what insurance you've got um, what investments you've got um and all the rest of it we were talking before we came online about um, the, the the perils of paperless banking. Oh yeah. Or paperless utility bills and all that. A lot of these companies that we deal with now try to aim to do go paperless in every shape and form. Well, <laughs> that's it's fine. True. But you know, my own situation here in France, where I may have to prove that I've been resident for more than five years, they don't actually recognise a printed-out bill that you've downloaded offline. So we opted to keep um, a couple of the utilities um, where they send us a bill once a year. So it's got our name and our address, nicely printed at the top of it, and um, it keeps everyone happy. But uh, you can imagine. Um, the the sort of problems that this sort of thing um, brings if you've got everything electronic and online. Right. First of all, you've got to be able to get into those accounts, haven't you? 
Well, first mm. of all, you've got to be able to have access to this person's Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, <wow>. Right. <laughs> and then uh, once you have access to their Wi-Fi, if you're because uh, it's on their computer, you have yeah. to know which bank accounts you're referencing because there are so many of them. Yeah. And Steve and I were talking earlier offline, and one of the things that we realized is that in this paperless paperless i joke about that because it's hardly anything but right it's not paperless mm. at all it's more paper than we ever imagined uh, but that's a whole other podcast that we ought to have on paper <laughs> um the, the bottom line is is that these companies are actually forcing us we've discovered at least between the two of us forcing mm. us to go paperless and that we have to go out of our way to find a way to get the paper back into our yeah, lives you have to opt so the default yeah the default for these companies is that they yeah. put you in a paperless state of being and if you want to have those paper full records, not paperless, but paper full, mm. um, then you've got to request those. One of the things I do, and I, maybe this is a tip that might benefit someone listening, is uh, I've gotten into the habit of putting all of my bills, I hole punch them and I put them into a binder. I don't keep mm. files anymore per se, because no. files have a tendency to disappear in that file cabinet. I don't know, I don't yeah. even have a file cabinet anymore. But I do have a binder and it sort of has like the Tovmasian house binder kind of thing. Mm. Uh, and what I do is I keep all the paper bills in categories for water, for heat, for all the utilities, for cable. And at the end of the year, when we're ready to do our taxes, everything gets scanned and mm -hmm. everything gets shredded. It's done. Right. I don't need to keep those statements anymore because they've already fulfilled their purpose. And uh, for our American audience, the IRS does accept scanned copies of bills and receipts. So you don't need to keep them. And you can be a little bit um, obsessive about if you're keeping them. And you can keep them for seven years if you want, because that's what mm. technically the IRS wants you to keep as far as records go. But you can also keep scanned copies. You don't need to keep the paper copies. So if you're thinking about, well, maybe that's an idea to do the paper copies, but I don't want to get overwhelmed, just keep them all in one binder. You don't mm. have to have them all over the place. They don't have to exist anywhere, except I think my binder is a one-inch binder. It's not... Uh, One-inch rings, yeah. It's not. Well, you can use one of those sort of accordion files, couldn't you? Sure. You know, the ones that you that could, expand. but I I equate those to be the same as files in a file cabinet. Oh right, okay. So because they're not pages this, that I can this flip is through. An excuse to go and <laughs> raid the stationery. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, one more reason to go. I need to buy something. Uh, so definitely, uh, one of the things that I think both Steve and I would be in agreement about, as we rarely are is to have a, a list of your Wi-Fi password and a list of the accounts and banks and and mediums that you are using mm. to house your existence. So if you have memberships um, at magazines, for example, yeah. you know, memberships it, at, at you know, locations, the, the, at gyms, right? The obvious things are the, the sort of things that first fall to mind, aren't they? You, you know, your bank accounts insurance policies and uh, right. bill providers and what have you. Uh, but once you get down into the sort of the smaller detail of things, the, the things that are less prevalent, I say less important, but, yeah. um, you know, they're sort of further down the sort of scale of priorities. The things like um, sub subscriptions to various magazines and things that right. may have to be cancelled. Um, you might have... Um, not necessarily a subscription as such, but you might have standing orders in place in your bank account to pay 
a charity or something like that. Correct. You need a list of the standing orders. Right. You know who they're for, what day of the month they go out on, and roughly how much. Because we've they got are that, from. right? We've got yeah. automatic payments, for example, that go out yeah. to pay some of our bills. If yeah. if a family member to walk, were to walk in, just looking at our checkbook alone would mm. not give them any visibility on the kind of money that no. is being spent on the bills yeah. that we've got. So you've actually got to log into the accounts to be able to know which accounts and then go in and see which automatic payments are going out every month to have access to this. Yeah. And it didn't occur to me until I had to take care of a loved one that, in fact, this information's not readily available. You don't mm. know when you walk into someone's life what they're dealing with. No. And it's a frustrating experience to try and sit there and go, where do I start? Mm. And instead of having the where do I start conversation, Steve and I said, why don't we have this where do I start conversation on the podcast? Yeah. And this is essentially what we're, we're trying to help you with today is here's where you can start. You can start using your planner to make a list of all the accounts that you have and make a list. And you don't, you don't have to keep this planner handy in the house for someone no. to steal. You can tuck it away in a safe deposit box somewhere. Mm. But make sure you tell family members where that safe deposit <laughs> box is and where the key is. Does that po- deposit box <laughs> exists, yes. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the always come, if it's got to funnel down to one key piece of information, like the key that opens the rest of the world right. sort of thing. Right. You have to have some form of agreement with your loved ones or whoever's going to take care of you or follow on from you or whatever to make right. sure that they are aware that this key turns the go to thing to go and everything then sort of springs out. It's like a jack-in-the-box sort of right. thing. Right. You know, with this, I'm imagining us having, um, in case of fire, break glass, you know, yeah. those things, right? So it's one of those, in case of my demise, here's the key, and you take this key and you open this box, and it's got the jack-in-the-box in there. It just explodes once you open it, right? It's got all the access to everything. Uh, another, another useful tool that I always advise my clients is once you've got, for example... All your hard-earned documentation, your diplomas, things like that, Mm. copies of your CV, uh, put those in the scanner and run them through and put them on a USB thumb drive and put that thumb drive somewhere safe. Again, you Mm. can label it and make sure uh, you can actually attach a copy. uh, Just bring it through one of your planners and have it dangle Mm. there and label it and say, here's all the papers that you ever need to know. You can also do the same with your bills. You can scan all your bills. Hmm. Put them on a thumb drive and say, here's 2013 through 2000, whatever. Yeah. You, know, you can have them all in one You one can slide. scan the, the front and rear of your all your credit cards as well. Credit you? cards, IDs. Cards. Yeah, credit cards. Health insurance cards. cards. Whatever, right. whatever cards that you're carrying around in your pocket constantly. Right. The ones that are fattening up your planner so that you can yeah. take pictures of them <laughs> and say, look how fat my planner is. That's all exciting, but what are you doing with and that And by doing that, you've then instantly got just in you know two pages or or whatever you've got the the numbers and the the contact numbers invariably that are on the back of the cards or certainly over here they stick a contact number in case of um, loss or whatever that's actually advised even when you're traveling is to take pictures of your credit cards front and back because sadly the phone numbers to call for lost or stolen are on the back which is not helpful once it's been lost or stolen so unless you have (laughs) copies of that uh, yeah and make copies of your passports as well passports and visas and things like that any important documentation birth certificates that sort of thing yes i once had to report a a passport is lost uh, or stolen. We weren't sure which. And, of course, it turned up 
in the airing cupboard. As you, it's the place where you the magic put cupboard. your the magic <laughs> cupboard <laughs> in amongst the sheets. What <laughs> it was doing there, I don't know. <laughs> so one of the things yeah. you're also want, going to want to do, I I know this from experiences. I've tried to limit the amount of junk mail that we get in in our post box. I don't know how it is yes. for you all in France if there's laws on that. Um, but it seems like their companies are just more and more advanced now in terms of how they access your address and name. Mm. And we've gotten a lot of solicitous phone calls lately, just um, prank calls. Do you want to buy this? And do you want to buy that? Uh, I don't know how to get off of that. I've tried doing the don't call us number, the do not call number, but it it doesn't work. Well, one of the things you can do is talk to your post office and make mm. sure that they are removing. They can go ahead and put you on a list of do not send these people junk yeah. mail. Uh, is that the same in France? Yeah, they, there's a similar sort of system here, uh, or in certainly in UK, for, for phone systems, the telephone preference service. Once you register the number with them, you should stop getting cold calls. Um, there's a similar thing in France. Like you can have a list orange or list um, rouge, red in other words, where your phone number doesn't, for red, it doesn't appear in the phone book and it doesn't appear online in any shape or form. Um, the orange, which is the sort of next stage down, is you don't appear in the phone book, but you are available to directory inquiries should someone sort of go that route to try and find your number. But basically is don't contact them. Do they still print um, and deliver a phone book for you in France? Once in a blue moon. But it's not a very thick book because it's the sort of the equivalent. It's mostly of advertisements book, now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and yellow pages all in one sort of yeah. thing. But I can't remember how. I, I suspect that will disappear before long because paperless. Yeah, because I can't <laughs> because remember the last time we ever referred to it. Really, it's very rare I ever look at it. So. I think another uh, helpful tip you can do is while you're going through the process of collecting all of this, because I'm sure if you haven't thought about this until now and this is the first time we're broaching the subject, you're going to ask yourself, well, where do I start? I think one of the best things that you can do is get rid of papers that are no longer relevant. Mm. Because I think that's one of the biggest issues is having to sort through an unknown person's documents and not know what's important because everything is important suddenly. And then I think yeah. if you just sort of remove the things that are unimportant, that you're no longer using, they're no longer important to be referenced, and have are, have become outdated. Like making sure that you keep an up-to-date address book. Oh, yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> or list of addresses somewhere. Uh, and not as I found with my dear mother, I had about five address books. And we didn't know which was the most current one and which was the, the, the eldest one. And there had been a mistake made at some point when she was copying addresses from one book to the next. Mm. And, of course, the, the the mistake continued through the Not remaining enough. book sort of thing. So I dedicate so this portion of the podcast yeah. to everyone who's been thinking they're on the edge of, one day I'm going to print out all my current contacts and have them all in my <laughs> file effect. Great. Here's your invitation. And they're up to date. <laughs> <laughs> to make them up to date and make sure at least there's a printed copy in there. Uh, and yeah. then if you want to handwrite these on your own to be all sexy and yeah. all, you can go ahead and do that. But make sure that's why we have our planners. Let's use them effectively mm. let's let's make them work for us uh, another thing you can do is if you're already currently updating your planner as to 
where you go during the week and what you do during mm -hmm. the day, that might be a good indicator for someone who's trying to access your information. Again, this from a security point of view too. If you don't want to know have people have access to it, yeah. then make sure you keep your planner private. <laughs> yeah, because the, the other point about leading on from that, which links back to the address book, is it's fine having a list of names and addresses. Wonderful. And yes, they're all up to date. Wonderful. But, and I'm going to use your favorite word here, context. In what context do you know that person? Right. You know, in what circle of friends were they or are they? Um, so you know that, you know, because we don't just have one circle of friends, do we? We, have, right. we associate some things with one sort of activity maybe and we've got another set of friends we associate with another activity but never the twain shall meet they they don't necessarily know each other at all but they're right. sort of in two separate orbits as it were and they never well, imagine climb. picking up a strange phone a stranger's phone book yeah and just going through it and how are you going to know which people are the closest contacts yeah. and which are not they're just no. random names they're alphabetized that's yeah. not even you know even <laughs> sort of right but if you've got if you've kept a journal and you've referred to different people in that journal, then that potentially is another way of unlocking some of the, the relationships, if, if you like, to a certain extent, of course. Right. It's never going to be the, the be all and end all. But consider adding another field to your address file. Yes, Steve. It's the, the context thing. Right. You know, it, does, it only needs to be one line, doesn't it? You know? Right. Um, play football with this person or you you know go to the gym with this person or you know old school mate or or, or whatever it i love it really, yeah one of the things that i do in apple uh, apple contacts allows me to group my contacts yes and one of the groups that i've created is a very fun group that i call my christmas card list uh, yep. It really is the naughty or nice list. <laughs> and every year this list gets updated. Some people are taken off and some people are added. <laughs> uh, but the list usually stays around 50-ish. I have about 50 yeah. people that, that um, receive, mostly receive cards from me. Uh, and I like this group because it gives me context into mm. who are the most relevant people in my life and, and not every year is going to be the same. Some years yeah. change, you move, uh, people pass away, uh, mm. they get married, they have children, they're no longer interested in your life. Uh, the dynamics no. of living are, are complex enough. Mm. And so I think having that groups category in my contacts allows me the fluidity to include or exclude people as I see fit in my own life. And it gives me a very quick reference into seeing mm. who's actively participating in my life. You know, we, we sort of all gather together sort of contacts of people that, you know, you might have met on holiday. And whilst you kept in touch for the sort of the sort of couple of years afterwards, by the sort of third or fourth year, it's getting a bit sort of strained. And right. All the kids have grown up. So you've lost sort of the, you know, the, you know, the, the contact, if, if you like, to the same sort of extent that you had uh, right. whilst you were on holiday, as it were. Well, also, for uh, example, I have a, con a contacts group of, of point of contacts for overseas hotels and restaurants yeah. and things like that. That's not important no. in the grand scheme of things. But if they were all clumped together in the same phone book, mm. it would be very difficult to segregate them and be able to decipher yeah. quickly who needs to be contacted first. Mm. 
I remember when my, de my dear mother um, went into a home, um, it was just before Christmas, so consequently we had to sort of, we were effectively receiving all their posts at one point, so we were getting cards from people, I, I thought, right, they've only put their first name in the card, <laughs> so it was going through all of the, the address books <laughs> trying to find this person to find out who they were, where they lived. And then contact them and then sort of... So point put your last names on all your Christmas cards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you can do this sort of, you know, best wishes Steve bit in the normal sort of right-hand page, but stick your name on the, the left-hand page and maybe an address. It helps Right. Uh, people rem remember who it actually is that sent you a card. I, I even have that problem myself sometimes. We, people will send us a card and I go, I think, yeah, I know this person. I don't know what their address is though. <laughs> Another important tip I think needs to be brought up, and again, this is kind of leads on to a little bit of morbidity, but we're not too morbid around here. Nope. Uh, while you are of sound mind and body, it would behoove <laughs> you to make up a will, a living will, mm. one for your health so that people know what to do with you if you, something were to happen to you and become incapacitated, and a will so that you know what is going on with your earthly possessions. It's not so much for other people, but for you, so that you mm. can take an inventory of what you currently own, and yeah. perhaps you want to downsize, perhaps you want to increase, and you're not going to know until you get an inventory, uh, so mm. you can adequately make an assessment of what goes to whom. So I would highly recommend making a living will and uh, writing up a will as well. I think any qualified attorney should be able to help you. Hmm. With, with that, that, that sort of links in in terms of an inventory you it, you can use that same list if you like um, to help you with dealing with sort of house insurance stuff which you're going to have to do possibly anyway you know so right. you're actually going to list the contents of your house from the point of view of working out the current value um, as an ongoing thing in a way, you know, it's something that we all say we're going to do, but we never get, quite get around to doing it for for ages and ages. And that Ming vase isn't going to repair itself once it breaks, no. right, Steve? So. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, it serves two purposes, if you like, doing that type of exercise where you, you think, oh, gosh, this is really monotonous um, and it, it's going to take you several days to do it, but it is worthwhile and you can... You know, it can serve multiple purposes rather than just being a, a sort of a time sap, as it were. But um, no, I, I think there's there's an awful lot you can use that you're currently using anyway in your day-to-day yeah. -day use of your planner. Absolutely. It's just thinking, going that extra step, maybe. This like is a sophisticated in, thinking now. <laughs> yeah. So it's like building in that extra step of what context do you know this person in, whilst you know perfectly well. Just that extra line will be of major benefit to whoever might have to look after you, whatever. Right. Um, and this, so, adds, this adds on to people that are like, well, I don't have anything to write in my planner. Here's yeah. a whole heck of a lot of stuff you can put now <laughs> in your planner. You can put inventories of your home, take each yeah. room one at a time. You can take inventories of your accounts. You mm. can take inventories of your passwords and usernames. Inventories, mm. there's lists and lists and lo of things that you can keep in your planner. Mm. And not everything needs to be carried around every day. No. No, you'd certainly not want to carry all this lot around with you. Right, that would be a little risky, I would think. That yeah, it would be risky and it's also unnecessary, I think. You, you know, you'd almost want to keep it 
not quite under lock and key but certainly in a safe place somewhere in your house um, somewhere where someone else knows what it is that you can trust sort of right them, and if you've got 79 planners then make sure one of the, the one that <laughs> has the information and it stands out readily to the people that are trying to work around you I've actually started a catalogue of my planners. As my one does. As, as one, one does, does when one is named Steve Morton. <laughs> <laughs> Just so that, you know, people know the value of the individual items or what they actually are sort of thing. So there'll be a, a photograph and details of each one. Morton's cash and carry catalogue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does it have so, photos with it? It will have. Well, I I, I don't doubt that for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> so what so, what are or do you have any last minute tips for our audience? Last minute here? tips? No, not really. I I think I've thought of most things, but there's bound to be loads of things that people will think of. If you have tips, yeah. if you come up with anything, please post them on Planerology, and that goes yeah. to anybody that's listening yeah. as well. Yeah, there, there's bound to be loads of things, you know. Like your record collection or album collection, if you've got such a thing these days. Of course. Something of value, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. something that's physical rather than just your downloaded iTunes or your Kindle libraries. It's right. a bit sort of, doesn't really sort of work really, does it? <laughs> collection of matchboxes from around the world. <laughs> yeah, beer mats. <laughs> so where, where can we find you on the interweb, Steve? You can find me, as always, at filofxy.com. And on Instagram as Mr. Filofaxi and also at travelersnotebooktimes.com. You can find you. me. You can find me on Instagram at Karin Tovmasian or on Facebook at Planerology and Planerology.com. And remember, folks, if you've liked this podcast or you have enjoyed this podcast, rather, please like it, subscribe to it and share it. Mm-hmm.